going to get down to talking about choice. I'm going to get down to talking about our will over the next couple of weeks. And as I've been talking on desire, you know, desire gives you the want to do what God has called you to do. And uh, or to have what God has for you or to receive the promises from God. You have to have desire. And thank God God has built in us. That's amazing ability to desire things. Now, some people get that all messed up and are desiring all different things. But you know what? If you have desire in you for the things of God, you know the next step in that is to start, you know, then to want it. Okay, desire gives you the want to. And really, automatically what it kicks into or brings you to, when you have desire, it brings you to a place of choice. And I'm going to talk over the next couple of weeks um, about our choices. Because you know what? We can make choices in life that affect our lives for the rest of our lives. Um, we, can, we can believe God um, you know, to advance our life. We can believe God to do what He's called us to do. Um, you, can, you can set some courses for your life. Amen. Make, make definite choices. Because uh, God has given us this ability, but it stems out of desire. God wants to put that desire in you. And then from desire, then because you want something, then you're left with a choice. But you know what? When you keep your desires fresh in God, you know what? You can also set, the, set your course and set your will. And it will bring you to your destination. Amen? Now, you set that course, but it needs to kick into faith. Because everything that we do in, this, in our Christian walk is by faith. It just shall live by faith. But you have to set a course for your life. And you see, God's put desire in us that gives you the want to. But then God has given us this ability to say, I'm going to have that. Amen. Or I will do that. It's a built-in thing. You see, and I'll show it as we go along here. Because God has dealt with us, or deals with us in this area of will. You know, Jesus, when he ministered to people, he would come and, and, you know, he would speak to them. He would say things like, what will you have me to do for you? Now, he talked to people and you could look at them and see what their need was. Like a blind man came to Jesus and Jesus said, what will you have me to do for you? Now, what, what would we think? We'd say, Jesus, what do you, what, what do you mean? What would you? We know what the, the man needs. But you see, but Jesus will meet you at your point of faith. That's right. yeah. And then that's where he meets us at the point of faith. So when we come, he'll say to you, what is it that you want me to do for you? And then that's where we say, here's what I'm believing you for. And, but you know what, but that gets down to choice. That has to do with your will. Um, and I'll look at several things. You know, death and life is in, is in the power of the tongue. That's a choice. Will you choose what you speak? Um, the Bible says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose. That's our choice. Right. Amen. It's our choice. Now, before I get to all that, I want to just talk on several things with choices because um, many times, you know, people um, people get into all different things whenever they get into choices and stuff like that. Or you get into, you know, the, you're hitting on the ground of the sovereignty of God. And, um, you know, and, and the sovereignty of God is a massive subject. It's a massive, massive subject. You know, is God sovereign? Absolutely. Do I believe that God is a sovereign God? Absolutely God's a sovereign God. He's a sovereign God. But not sovereignty the way many people interpret sovereignty. Um, sovereign as in like, you know, as in a king. God's a king. Kings are sovereign. That means nobody tells them what to do. You know, they set up their kingdom and they, put a, they tell you in the kingdom, here's how things operate. 
But sovereignty to many people is come that God does everything in your life and it's part of his sovereign will and you have no choice in it. But what was the point in God giving us a choice if we have no choice? You know, he just should have made robots if that's the case. But God didn't make robots. He made people with choice. You, you, can, you can rack your life if you want. And God will stand by your choice because he gives you a choice. Or else you can make definite choices that God, here's what I'm going to do with my life. God, I'm going to trust you with my life. That's a definite choice as well. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, and you know, what? You know, if I went back and said, what is my favorite scripture? I'd always come back to this one. You know, um, I have many favorite scriptures. And sometimes as you go along, there's other scriptures that become real, more realty or whatever. But this has been my favorite scripture right from I, I got saved in, in 1993. And, and um, in Psalms 119 and verse 89, it says over there, um, thy word is, is established. Amen. Thy word is established. Um, it says forever actually thy word, thy, forever O Lord thy word is settled or established in the heavens okay and you know I took that scripture on for me that you know what God settles things okay do you know that we're made in God's image and likeness do you know God made us in his image and likeness and God gave us the ability to settle some things in our lives but do you know what it comes down to choice choice you know, um, myself and Donna were talking the other day. We're just uh, you know, um, we're, we're we're driving and um, we're just talking along and, and we're talking just different things out. And um, what Donna was saying, I said, Donna, that's exactly what I'm going to be teaching on um, over the next couple of weeks. Do you see, Donna at um, thirteen wasn't it thirteen when you were in Red Avenue Church? I was trying to think, what were we talking about the other day? Um, Donna went to Ray Bavins Church in Wales um, for a, a trip with the youth at 13 years of age. But whenever she was there, she, she had an experience with God there. And um, she went, she was just a churchgoer before that. But when she went, she, made, she had an encounter with God. And she made definite choices when she was there. At 13 years of age, she said, I will never backslide. And I'm going to serve God for the rest of of my days that's at 13 years of age you know and, and you know what she, she's, she's lived like that ever since and that brought her through all of her teen years through all of her 20s through all of her 50s no <laughs> she, but it's brought, it's brought her through but you know what at, a, at a, a young age she made a definite choice that I am going to serve Jesus for the rest of my life I was at 13 years of age do you see if she had turned around and said, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. We don't know why she would be still serving God. Because if you say I'm going to give it a go, you haven't settled it. Right. Okay? You haven't settled it. Because you're saying, oh, I maybe will and maybe won't. Do you know what, the promises of God don't come to pass in our life. Because we said, you know what, maybe they will, maybe they won't. They come to pass in our life because we settle the issue and say, right God, this is what the word says. And this is mine. Amen. God, this is the, I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. I done the same at 19 years of age. I got saved at 19. And at 19 years of age, that's what I'm saying for this scripture, this has kept me. Because I, always, I, may, I may say make a statement all the time. I have no plans to backslide. None. It's not part of my psyche. Amen. It, it doesn't fit into my psyche. I have no plans to backslide. And I can tell you, I've faced many a thing. And I've come up against many a thing. And I've had many a challenge. But because I've settled that issue, 
It's not, a, it's not a, an issue in that sense anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's been settled. Amen. I'm going to serve Jesus for the rest of my life. That's right. Amen. I'm going to serve Him for the rest of my life. Amen. And I'm going to preach for the rest of my life. Amen. And I'm going to tell people about Jesus for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Because it's settled. Isn't it? And you can do that in any area. And that's where I'm going to get to in, in, in the next few weeks. But you know what? When you talk about sovereignty, back to that sovereignty issue. You know what? I believe God is sovereign. I believe that he, um, nobody tells him what to do. But in God's own sovereignty, he has set up things a certain way. And he has given us his word. And he said, I've magnified my word above my name. So God's word, you can take God's word and you can believe it. Okay, And you can take God's word and on purpose believe what he says. And not have to sit about waiting and wondering, do you know what, would this work in my life? Or is this for me? Or is that for me? You'll never receive what God has for you as long as you come to God on the definites of God's word with the word if in your, in your prayer life. and stuff. When we know what God's will is, we don't have to pray if it be thy will. That's right. And it's amazing how many people pray based on if it be thy will. And that was only, there's one scripture for that what people come to with that scripture it was whenever the leper came to Jesus and said if you are willing will you heal me well Jesus response has settled that for me forever I don't question that anymore because Jesus turned around and said I will why do we keep praying that when he settled it if you are willing and what did Jesus say I will there's one translation that says, of course I will. Yeah. Amen? Of course I will. That's my favorite one. I love that. Of course I will. Do you know what? We have to see Jesus come. Not coming, God, if I be the will. I'm coming saying the leper said that. You said I will. I'm taking that I will as well. That's for me as well. Because <laughs> you don't change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, so when people say, you know what, the sovereignty of God, some people believe it to the, to the extremes where then, you know what, no matter what happens in your life, it was part of God's plan. It gets sick after a while because a lot of people have a lot of horrible things that happen. And I, I'm telling you, a lot, of, a lot of the things that people attribute to God, He didn't do. That's right. He didn't do. He's a good God. Amen. He's a good, good God. Amen. Like you look in James chapter 1 and you'll know every good and perfect gift comes from Him. That's right. I, I tell you, there's a lot of things that happen to people that are not good. Rape is not good. But then if people believe that, then they believe God has some plan that He is doing and that. That's just sick. It just gets perverted after a while and gets twisted and our image of God becomes horrible. And I tell you, when people have a horrible image of God, I can tell you, I don't care how much they sing. We sung about how God is so good. You can sing about how good God is, but if your image of Him is a God that is using all of those things in your life, not using them, but bringing them. Okay, there's a difference between using them. God will use anything. He can take everything and use it together for good. But there's a difference between saying God is using it for good and, and saying God brought it. To use it for good. It doesn't say every God done it all. It says God will work all things together for good. It didn't say God brought it into your life so that he could work it together for your good. God didn't bring it. God can take any tack, any situation, any failure, any horrible upbringing, anything that's ever happened miserable in our lives. He can take any of those things and he can turn it around for our good. Amen. That's what God does. God can take it. He can take the ingredients off it and turn it around for our good. So it's important to know that, you know what? 
God. God is a sovereign God, just like a king or a, a you know or a queen or whatever. And we don't see it today the same, even in England, like where there's you know you have the queen. Um, but you know what? The the, the the queen doesn't have the same power as what previous kings and queens would have had. It's, you know, it's it's a lot of the decisions are out of, out, of, out of her hand that would have been in previous kings. It would have been in their hand. It's hard to find kings like we live in democracies and stuff today where you vote people in and then it's based on vote. But you know what? In a a kingdom, the king sets things up, okay? Uh, But thank God we have a king that has set things up in our favor. He set things up because he loves us. He set things up for our good. He loves us so much. But you know what? Then he set those things up and then he said, you can believe me for this. This is yours. Amen? I set things on a table before you. And you know what? That table is for you. You can come and partake of what is on that table. Amen? He he tells us to come. You know what? If you you don't have money, come and and receive freely over in Isaiah 55. Because he's made things available for us, but we still have to come and believe and receive. Amen. Amen. But to say God done this, or God brought this, or you know what, that happened, or this tragedy happened, you know what, that's that's not true. But I know this, God can take all things. Amen. I'm working together in your favor. That's right. And I don't know how he does it. I don't need to know how he does it. I just need to know that he does. That's right. And I'm going to believe him for it. So in the midst of anything, you can say, God, I don't, I, I don't know how this happened or what happened here. But I do know this, God. I'm putting faith in you and you're working this together in my good. Amen. Amen. Good. Praise God. Amen. So we serve a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. Amen. For a while, I just want to look at tonight. I'm going to look at um, just... Just basically some of the things that God has done in his sovereignty that we can't change. Okay? There's things that we can get involved in. Okay? But there's things that God has set up that we can't change. Okay? But, but here's what we can do. We can, we can get involved. We can flow with them. Okay? But um, you'll understand as we go along here. But you know what? Here, here's, the, here's the first one here. The second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is going to happen whether you believe it or not, or I believe it or not, it's going to happen. It has nothing got to do with our faith or anything like that. It's just something that is going to happen. Amen? Yes. And you know what? You know, there's been people over the years that they have tried to predict this date and all that. You know what? Never get into any of that stuff. You'll just look like an idiot and you'll look like a fool. Um, you know what? The Bible tells us just to occupy till he comes. Okay? Yeah. Just keep taking ground. We can look at the signs. We can see that it's getting, uh, it's getting close. But you see, starting to put dates on things. Um, there's been great ministers that have wrote books. Fabulous ministers that wrote books about why Jesus will come on such and such a date. And you know that date comes and goes. And you know what? And, and, then, and then they have to go and recalculate. And they have to go and you know, um, get back to the word. Everybody goes back to the word after they do these things if they're smart. Amen. Last year there was people that predicted when the second coming was going to come. Well, thank God the rapture is going to come first. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? There, there, there's people that are predicting these things, okay? They predict them. Um, but it just doesn't happen. There was people set a date last year and they said it was going to happen in such and such a month. I can't remember when it was. And when that month came, then you know what they said? We missed our calculations and they put it another couple of months forward. I'm sure we're now into 2018 and still no sign of Jesus. But I can tell you this, he's coming. 
He's coming, but I'm not saying that you don't it. I can watch, I can look at the news, I can look at the world. You know, not that we base our life on that, but it's like reading the scriptures today. You can look at the scriptures, you can see everything happening. We can see the signs happening around us, but I'm not looking to no signs out here and, you know, the news channels to, to determine when Jesus is coming. I just need to know what the word says and I believe it. But, you know, here's what it does do it lets us know it's coming soon. And it keeps us focused. You see, if you realize that he's coming, it'll keep you focused on what our Christian walk is all about. It's all about the mission that Jesus has given us. To go into all the world and preach the gospel and then, then train up people to make a difference in their world. Amen? Um, look at this scripture here. It says, but in that day, and that hour knows no man. Or sorry, but of but that day and of that hour knoweth no man. Not the angels which are in heaven. But it's amazing some people know Okay? Neither the Son of Man. But it's amazing people had a few calculations and they know when He's coming. Okay? It says, but the Father. You know what? This is something that people, they don't know when this is going to happen. We don't know when this is going to happen. But here's the reality of it. It is going to happen. Okay? Another, uh, um, here's another scripture as well along with that. But you, this is, again, this is... This lets us know where we're to be focused. Acts 1 verse 6, it says, When they therefore were come together, this is before Jesus went back to heaven, and the apostles then waited for the Holy Ghost to come so that they could enter into their ministry. Look, look what it says here. When, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Because they know that that's what's going to happen. They're trying to figure it all out. And look at what Jesus said. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. It's not for you to know. Okay? It's not for you to know. It's not, this, is not, this is nothing to do with you. But here's what you do. You wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You just focus on that. Amen. You just focus on doing what I've told you to do. You just focus on being a witness. You just focus on telling people about Jesus. You just focus on making a difference with your life. You go and get full of the Holy Ghost. And just do what I've told you to do in this time period that you're alive. And you're in the church age. We're in the church age. Let's be effective. Let's tell people about Jesus. Amen. That's what he's saying. So he's letting them know, don't you focus on all of this. This is just going to happen. Don't you worry about it. It'll all, it'll all sort itself out. But these are things that are in what you would say in, in God's sovereignty. These are God's choices. Okay? Now, I'm going to get down to our choices. What God has given us to choose. But here's, these are things that are in God's choice. Okay? Here's another one here. The rapture. You won't find the word rapture in the Bible, but you'll find the event. Okay? The, the, uh, it just means to be pulled out of the earth. And this is for the church. Um, the, the, the rapture is when Jesus comes for his saints. The second coming you'll see comes with his saints. So he comes for us. Okay? Um, and, but you won't find the word rapture in the Bible. Just like you won't find many or other words like Trinity and stuff. But you, the Trinity is in the Bible. And so people get caught up and you can't find the word. Well you can't find. There's lots of words. And people put theological terms and things. But you can't find the event. And you know what? You don't have to worry about it. You're saved. You're going up. Okay? And I'll tell you something else. You don't have to believe to go up. You're going up. You know, people say, you know what? Will, will, um, will people go up who, you know what, are not living perfect? How perfect do you have to be? 
There's not a one of us are living perfect. How do you go up? You need to get in Christ. Anybody in Christ is going up. Okay? You just have to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. I'm not going up based on what I have done. I'm going up based on what He has done. I just receive what He done. You know what? When you receive what He done, you got your ticket. Yes. You know what? When you go to, when you go to the airport... And, um, you know, to, to, to fly somewhere, they're not checking to see how good you are and all of that kind of stuff. It was based on how good people were. There wouldn't be very many on the plane. Okay? This based on do you have a ticket? And how do you get your ticket? And for this, what I'm talking about, you just make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Once you're saved, you're sealed with the Holy Ghost. You have your ticket. You're going up. Amen? And you know what? If you're alive, whenever the rapture happens... Praise God, I believe, I believe we're in those days. I don't know what day it's going to be, but I know we're in that time period. Okay? Now, people say, oh, there's people who have believed and all that. That's okay. I'm going to live for Jesus. If I go by the grave, I'm going to live for Jesus. And if I go by the rapture, I'm going to live to Jesus. Let me tell you, it's going to happen that quick. You won't know. You'll just be caught up. So I'm going to live to Jesus until I'm not here anymore. One way or the other. So if I die, I'll be living in that last breath. See you later, guys. Off I go. But if not, I'll just be out of here. Amen. So will you. We won't even have to. You no, know, that's good. You don't have to have faith for it. But when you teach on it, here's what happens. Faith comes to make a difference. When you teach on it, you're comforted. Amen. When you teach on it, it makes you aware of life and what's important. Amen. So, um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 it says for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout I thank God he's not coming depressed he's coming with a shout you know why because he's coming for his church and he's excited amen he's excited he can't wait it says with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and I mean this is going to happen in the smallest portion of time this is going to happen it's not like as if they're going to come up and we're going to be going, oh, look at this one and look at that one and then we'll all rise up. I mean, it's going to happen. Like You'd have to put it in slow motion to see all of this happening because it's going to happen so quick. But look what it said here. It said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's not their, they're not in the ground waiting. That's their body. And their body, let me tell you, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen. Amen. But you know, what, when I, you know what any of our loved ones or whatever that have went on to the Lord, their spirit is in heaven rejoicing. I'll tell you, they're more alive than they have ever been. Amen. But they're waiting for a glorified body like we all are. And for them, their spirit and body is going to unite. We're just going to be changed. It's just like as if we're just going to get this new suit. Like, and I'm going to have muscles and a six pack. And you know, you're the same. Amen. Oh, we're just, it's just going to be an amazing event. But it says then, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. It doesn't mention here the good are going to go up. Um, those that you know are, have good church attendance are going to go up. It's not, this has nothing to do with This is are you in Christ. Do you know Jesus? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? And once Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life, you're going up. Amen. It makes it simple. Amen. Do you know, everything is based on what Jesus done for us. And all we do is believe and get in on it. Everything is based on what Jesus has done for us. The moment we start thinking, God, will you do this because of how good I am? You're into works and then you negate what Jesus has done for you. It has to be, Jesus, you done this for me. And I'm putting faith not in how good I am. I'm putting faith in how good you are towards someone like me. 
Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, we'll go up there with a shout because we'll go, and there's not a one of us deserve this, but hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yes. And we're, we're, we're so excited that, that Jesus came and rescued people like us. Deserving people don't go to heaven. People go to heaven because of grace. Amen. But that's the same with everything. It's by grace. You see, if we can take any of the credit for it, well then, why do we need Jesus? We don't need Jesus then. You know, Jesus, I'll give you a hand. Jesus doesn't need a hand. Jesus just wants us to put faith in what he done for us. That's it. Amen. We complicate it. Well, you know, if they're, if they're not good living, they won't go up. Being a Christian is not about being good living. It's not based on our obedience. It's based on his. You know what I live? I live a separated life unto God. I, my life is set apart unto him. But I'm not putting faith in my holiness to get something from God. I'm putting faith in what Jesus won for me. Amen. And because I focus on that, it start, you start being set apart onto what he has for you. You want to live for him. Amen. But then they which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Boy, that's going to be some event for us. Face to face. And so shall we ever be with who? The Lord. Do you know what? We're not going to a place. We're going to a person. Yes, we'll be in the place. But it's, it's, it's heaven. What will make heaven heaven is Jesus is there. But then he's going to come back to this earth and set up a kingdom. When we go to him, that's it. we're going to be with him. Wherever he is, we're going to be with him. Amen. And it says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Look at this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Look at that. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. God, you sometimes go through a wee villager and you know, we often say, don't, don't blink going through it or you'll miss it. You know, there's not, there's, not, there's not much to it. Just don't blink or you'll miss it. Well, I'm telling you, that's going to happen. Like out there, you know, it would be like people are here and open their eyes and, and we're gone. Amen. Awesome. It really is when you think about it. I mean, I get excited when I, when I look at stuff like that. I'm like, God, I want to be here for that. <laughs> I want to be here for that. Um, it says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you know what, I don't want to, be caught, I don't want to die and go, I want to be here for that. Amen. Amen. But either way, we're going to be with the Lord, and that's going to be amazing. But it says, um, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen. I'm going to tell you, that's the church age. That's us out of here. Amen. But you know what? It's, it's just letting us know that the rapture, the second coming, it's not based on our faith. It's not based on us saying, you know what, I'm going to believe for this to come. There's people say stuff like that. It's just, it's going to happen. Okay? It's going to happen. Um, so, praise God. Amen. But it's just good to have your ticket. Okay? Now, here's, an, here's another thing for us as well. Your calling. Do you know your calling is not based on what you want to do? It's based on what He has called you to do. Amen. Your calling is, is, is a, a, an amazing thing to, to, to pursue and to follow. God has a call for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for you. And you know, it's like you can't, you can't decide your call, but you can decide to follow it. Okay? You can't decide your call, but you can decide. This is where, see, this is where our choice still comes in. 
Like it's like God, God will tell you, here's what I have for you, but you can choose to accept it or reject it, but you can't decide to call. And I can't decide to call. But I know this here, do you see what God's called you to do? Do you see you follow it? It's the greatest journey you'll ever get on and you'll ever, that's the highway you want to be on. I mean, it is an adventure of a lifetime. You will not have a born life following what God has for your life. And you just won't. It just, it's, a, it's an adventure of a lifetime. But you can't, you can't decide it and I can't decide it. Look, I had never picked me to do what I'm called to do. And sometimes I'm like, God, I wish you would have picked me to do something else. But you can't get away from what you're called to do. I mean, I, you know what, I, I know what I'm called to do. And I'm going to say out there, you know, sometimes you go, do you know what, God, I, I, don't, I, I don't feel qualified. That's what I mean by that. I love doing what I'm doing. But sometimes in yourself, you're like, God, there has to be all people that can actually speak English, not me. Like, I mess up my words. You know what, I, I sometimes say the wrong words. But I have a burning passion on the inside of me that I can't. I can't put out, not that I want to put out, but I can't put it out. It's just there. Mm. And it's getting better. Now, you know, it's just getting better. And I'd say sometimes, like, you know, the world's thinking, you know, people think you're getting, you're getting really into it as you go along. No, I'm, I'm getting in there thinking I'm getting crazier. And, and my thinking, it's just getting better and better. I just love serving Jesus. Amen. It's the most exciting thing to do in the face of planet Earth. I tell you, I, love, I absolutely love preaching. I can't tell you how much I love preaching. I love it. And you know what? If I didn't preach in front of people, I'd, I'd preach to myself. I can't stop. <laughs> preach to Donna. She's fed up listening. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I just preach. I can't stop preaching. Because it's in me. Just like a dog. Like our dog. Right? Just pray for us with our dog. It's... It's one of them dogs, okay? It just barks all the time. But you know what? I can't help it. It barks. I'd be shouting at the window at 2 o'clock in the morning. Keep quiet. But it's a dog. It barks. But you know what? I'm a preacher. I preach. And whatever God's called you to do, you will not be able to put it to bed. No way. It's in you. It's just in you. It doesn't leave. You get quiet, it comes back up. You say, ah, oh, stuff that. Couldn't be bothered with that. And two minutes later, you're over picking it back up again. And you're, do you know what I mean? You're, you just, you can't get away from it. Fed up of people. Oh God, I still love people. <laughs> it just, it's just the way it is. It gets in you. And it's what you want to do. I love doing what I do. I just love it. I have such a passion for it. I love it. You know, it's just like one of those things. I just love it. And sometimes people go, how do you love that? How do you like doing that? I don't know, I just love it. You know what, there's people that love all different things. There's people that like darts. I, like, I actually like watching darts. But you know what, it's amazing to think there's people that like darts so much that they stand through darts at a dartboard eight hours a day to become the best. If I had to do that, I mean, what drive you mad? Sitting there just going all day like this here. But you know what, you see for a dart player, they love it. They love it, that's what makes them the best. Same with snooker play. Six hours a day some of them guys play. You're thinking, sitting watching them balls go around the table six hours a day. But they have a passion for it. You know what they do? Because they have a passion for it. What's your passion? Amen. What's your passion? And it's great. God's not going to call you to do something that you hate. 
God's going to call you to do something that you love. Look what it says here. But now God has set. Look at this. The members. Every one of them in the body as it pleased who? Him. Look what it says. God has set. Who set? God set the members. God set you into your position in the body of Christ. Not all, we don't set ourselves into that place. God does. And it's as it pleases Him. Amen. So God sets us in the body. You see him again here in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28. It says, And God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondary prophets, third teachers, miracles, um, gifts of healings. You know, because the evangelistic ministries there helps government diversities of tongues helping governments you see that there that's all the local church there but you know what this isn't saying that you know the, you have the apostle he's the big gun and all this is setting the way God set up church the apostles and prophets went out and broke ground and then the evangelists came in and evangelized and pastors and teachers then came in and um, pastored people and you know it's just the way God sets up, up church but I'm, I'm saying here God set people in their place yeah. No, all we can do is find out, God, what's my place? What's my part? Amen. But this here is um, Ephesians. This is when Jesus descended and then he ascended. But when he ascended, the Bible says here, and he gave some. Who gave them? He did. He gave the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. He gave the fivefold ministry. Over in Romans chapter 12, you have body gifts, sir, and all seven gifts. In Romans chapter 7, and it's, he gives them. But you know what? He builds you for it. And he graces you for it. And you'll love doing what he's called you to do. Amen. Um, look, at, look at the way Paul uh, talks here. Paul says, Paul an apostle, look, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I, I love that. Paul an apostle, not by man. Do you know what? Sometimes people don't recognize the call in your life. But you don't need people to recognize the call in your life. You just need to have God approve you. You just need to have you and God know. Now, I'm not talking about people as in when you walk and people start seeing your gifts coming out. But I'm just talking about that there are sometimes people say, oh, you'll never be that. But if God tells you you are something, that's who you are. Whether people see it or not. Whether people like it or not. Amen. I, I mean, over the years, I've had so many people try to put me in a box. And try to tell me who I am. But I don't need people to tell me who I am. I need God to tell me who I am. And when God tells you who you are, you can be who God has called you to be. Amen. Do any of us that pursue the call of God upon our lives, people try to put you in a box and say, you can't do that or you can't. If God says you can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Amen. Now notice it says, neither by men. Do you know what men is? That's a group of people. So Paul didn't have a group of people that came and put him into a position. Or he didn't have a man that put him into a position. He said, Jesus put me in this position. That's right. I mean, Jesus put you in the position. That's it. Now, I'm not saying you don't have other people... You don't have, um, you know, relationships in your life and stuff like that that protect you and stuff like that. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about when people try to control you and tell you what you are, what you can and cannot do. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what people say. I have had people tell me all types of things. Donna could tell, tell you things that, that people have told me and told me that I wasn't and told me that I was. 
and all of these kind of things, you'll never be able to do that and you'll never be able to do that. I don't listen to what people say. I respect people if they're in a position. I'll respect the position that they're in, but I'm not going to respect their words if it's not in line with what God has spoke to me. You understand? I'll respect position because we should always respect position. I don't come against positions and authorities and stuff like that. I honor authority. I honor position, but I honor God's word more than I honor what a man says or a woman says. Amen. I honor God at the end of the day, and that is honoring God. So if somebody says you can't do that, I don't care who it is. I don't care, well, you know, it's a it's a pastor or a minister. I don't care whether it's a, a a parent. I don't care who it is. If God says you can do it, you can do it. If God says that's who you are. And I'll tell you something else. Sometimes the burning passion in your heart doesn't fit what people see because you're still in that molding and shaping. Now, there's a place where you come to where you're separated into your call, okay? But I'm saying when you have a call in you, don't let anybody ever talk you out of it. Amen. I would say the first time I preached, it lasted three minutes. <laughs> Thank God for Pastor Joe. He believed in me. Three minutes. Got up and preached. I always say, my mouth got that dry. I was preaching like this to people. I was talking to people like that. And every time I'd pull it down, my mouth got so dry. I didn't have to why. I was so conscious of that and so conscious of what people were thinking. Because I honestly thought I was going to get up and I was going to be like the preachers that I was listening to. And I thought it was just going to flow out of me. Boy, but it was a flop. But it didn't stop the desire. It didn't stop the desire. It didn't stop me from going again. I'm not afraid of failing. Just go for it. Right. You fail, get back up. Amen. Huh? You fail. People, you know, you make a, an idiot of yourself. You stand up or you step into something and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it. Or, you know, who cares? Just go for it. Just keep going, yeah? Have a, I have a one finger, one thumb, keep moving kind of an attitude. I'm just going to keep going and I'll go again. And if I fall, I'll get back up and go again. Amen. I remember preaching one night and do you know, do you know um, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, right? I'm talking, and I started going, every knee will bow. And my head started thinking, your knee can't bow, because I was thinking of your head bowing. And it's amazing how your, your head, especially when you're up in front of people, and you say something, and then your head starts trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I said, every knee will bow. And I went, every knee will bow. Yeah, your knee bow, your knee bow, your head bow. That's, what, that's literally what I said. I said, every nail by your knee, your nail by your nail by. And I'm praying at this time, and every nail by your nail by your nail by, and your, 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 by your head, and close your eyes. And, <laughs> and I'll never forget it because I had my eyes open, but I could see people looking up at me like I see her. <laughs> all of the leaders were all looking at me like I said, What are you talking about? And I could feel a sweat and everything, but you know what? It didn't stop me from getting up and going again. I mean, talk about a flop. Talk about, you know, feeling. I, I, I was even worse. I'm describing that it was worse because I was getting tongue-tied and my head was trying to process what, was going, what I was actually saying. But you know what? If God's called you, He's called you. There, there's a lot of people um, write people off because they'll look at them at this present moment in time and don't realize God's still working on them. And molding them and shaping them. In 10 years' time, they could be a completely different person. And they could be winning this island for Jesus. 
And sometimes people want them to fit a certain mold. That's why even in our generation, I, I'm not interested in getting into um, molds and, and trends. Because today, you know, if you went just on the trends of Christianity, you need to, you need to you know, go and dress a certain way. You need to then kit yourself out with all your tattoos and all, and, and all of this kind of stuff to, to actually look like you're a relevant minister today. And uh, I love it when God will take someone that doesn't look like nothing. They look, they look like, you know, they were a complete idiot their whole life. And God puts his grace on them and signs and wonders start happening in that person's ministry. Oh. They don't look, they don't fit the mold. That's what I'm saying. Now, if somebody has tattoo, I'm not against people having whatever. But what I'm saying is, some people think I have to fit a mold. So they start dressing like all of the preachers they see. You know, they, they start fitting that mold. You know what, we don't have to fit a mold. You just need to be who God's called you to be. Amen. 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 Joe, all you need is God's anointing on your life and that's it. Anointing, you know, you can't buy it. And it doesn't come because you get a certain haircut or wear a certain type of jeans or, or something like that. That's not, that's not how it comes. It comes because you walk in what God has for you. you. You set your life apart from what God has for you. And it's not because you're holy, but it's your life is set apart. You have to be set apart for what God has for you. And then when you're set apart for what God has for you, God's grace and, uh, and anointing comes on your life for that. Now I believe the grace is there, but you step into it. And then you end up being who God has called you to be. And then nobody can deny it. It's clear, it's seen. Yep. You know, there's people I, I, I know that are in ministry today, and, and I guarantee you people would look at them and think, you know, they, they'll never amount to anything. And you know what? And they're fucking people's lives. Yeah. And they don't look trendy, and they don't look like they would be a minister. They don't look like a minister in any category. You understand? Traditional or, you know, any. They just, they just look like ordinary person, no dress sense, no fashion sense, but God's using them. So it's not about that. It's John the Baptist. He came there eating locusts and everything and, and, and anointed and doing, doing what God called him to do. He didn't fit a pattern. Amen. But he was anointed. Amen. Do you know what? When God has called you, there's nobody can, nobody can stop what God, is, what God has put in your life. Look here. and um, Look at all these scriptures at the beginning of the, of the epistles. Look, Paul, an apostle through, or, or the apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Look at that there. Um, Paul, an apostle, by the will of God. In Ephesians 1 1, Colossians 1 1. It says there, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Um, in, in 1 Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God. If God's called you, that's all you need to know. Come on. Amen. Amen. Okay, look at that. I love this verse here. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Who has saved us and called us. If you're saved, you're called. God has a call upon your life. Once you receive Jesus, God has a plan for your life. Who has saved us with a holy calling. Look at this. Not according to our works. You're not based on how good you are. And I'll tell you something else. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. That means God will never change his mind. A person can make an absolute mess of their life, not even follow what God has for them. They could have got saved even and, you know, started to follow and then say, ah, stuff that, I can't be bothered with all of that. They could walk away from God for 10, 15 years. But I'm telling you, you see the moment they come back and say, God, I want what you have for me. God hasn't changed his mind. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They don't change. 
And people might say they'll never amount to anything. I love it when God takes a person and just pours His grace upon that person. They've messed up, they've missed it, they've failed, and God will still use them. And restore them back to what He had for them. And I found this in God. God will fast track you. God will fast track you. And there's people that made a mess of their life. Or you know, got saved and walked with God for a wee bit. And then got away from God. And went away from God 15-20 years. And came back and got turned on to Jesus. And you know what? And God made the rest of their life amazing. Went and done amazing things. Do you know why? It's not according to our works. But according to His own purpose. Not ours. His own purpose. And what? Grace. Do you see when He calls you, there's a grace to do it. What's grace? Well, there's many definitions of it. But here's one of the things with grace. Grace makes it easy. And if you're walking with God and doing something and it's a struggle, well, I'd question have you found your call? If it's burning you out, if it's you know, you just you just can't, you just don't you're frustrated, you're frustrated with the people maybe maybe, that's not, maybe you have a desire to serve God, but you just have got on the wrong bus okay, maybe you're on the wrong you're, go, you're going the wrong direction maybe just get on a different bus find what God has for you amen, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus look at this, before the world began. What part of you and your call? None was given to you before the even before the world began. God's had a plan for our life from before the world began. Which lets us know God knew. God knew you would be you. God knew you would have your hiccups and your failures and he's still saying, I still called you because I believe in you. Amen? Because he loves you. He knows your faults. He knows your weaknesses, but he believes in you. He believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. More than any person in this planet believes in us. Joe, yeah. you know I, 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 I can look at my life from 19 getting saved. And I can look at the road rack I was coming to Jesus. And the hiccups and the, you know, the iniquities and the <coughs> things in my life that I struggled with. Yet I had this burning desire on the inside of me. And appearance ways and knowing me you know what I wasn't ready for what God had for me but I stayed on the potter's wheel and you know what I look back even 10 years and I think God what you were using me 10 years ago but I look back and I think God I wasn't ready for all of that but you know what you see he believes in you but he still he loses you see in 10 years time I'll be looking back at my life and going God what was I at 10 years ago because he, he keeps working on you but you know what? God believes in you every stage of the journey. He just believes in you and will keep working on you. Amen? And you can look at your life and say, oh, this problem. You just keep following Jesus and just keep calling forth your destiny and your purpose that he puts in your heart. Just speak it out and declare it. Amen? Just speak it out no matter what it looks like at this present moment in time. You are who God says you are. Amen? And I have found this. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Okay? He doesn't call the equipped. People think, oh, God will use that person because they're ever so mighty. God might use that person in a different arena than what we have figured out God could use them in because of their gifts and abilities. God might take that person and say, you know what? I won't get the same maximum glory out of your life 
Because people think you did it. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move you over here. And there's a grace for you here. And people's going to see me through your life over here. And he'll give them a passion and a desire to do something completely different. And people go, wow, that has to be God. Has to be God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. From before the world began, Jeremiah was called from the womb. And he said, I can't do it. But God said, yes, you can. Amen. Amen. Yes, you can. He said, I called you from the womb. Um, you know, uh, we know over here the plans God has for us from the womb. Um, Psalms 139. Um, look at this here. God chose David. Who chose David? God did. It says, he chose David. Yes. You know, God chose David. I'm going to flick through these quickly. David's brothers. You know, Samuel thought when they brought the brothers out, it's definitely these guys. David's dad thought it was the, the sons, the eldest sons. But you know what the Bible says here, I've refused him. It's not that I refused him as a person, but I've refused him for this position. He's not the king. The king was out in the field with the sheep. That's right. Didn't look like a king. Amen. Look, I refused him. Then it says here of David, look, and he sent and brought him now, and he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and beautiful to look at. I always say this of David, David was a pretty boy. <laughs> you know, kings, kings were warriors. Kings went on the battlefield. I always say David looked like he, he would have been more comfortable on a catwalk than on a battlefield. You know, I, I'm sure he was the trendiest shepherd out there. He was a pretty boy. He had a baby face. You know, when I, was, when I was young, I used to have red jollers and all that. I know you'd say red jollers, red cheeks. You know, I always looked a lot younger than me age. I was getting better as I go along. Like, but I was a young person. Like, nobody would have believed my age whenever I was 18, 19. I was getting treated like I was 15 and 16. The baby face. That's what it means. Some, sometimes people say it means he had uh, red hair. But it can also mean a red countenance as in he had a baby face. I mean, this is a, looks like a wee child coming out. And he's the king. So he didn't fit the package. But God's call was upon his life. And he became the greatest king that ever lived. He was the king every other king was, mold, or was uh, modeled after, King David. Yes. No matter where you have the package. And don't let people tell you, you have to be this package or you have to fit into that. You just find what God has for you. You're the best you that you can be. You don't have to be somebody else, just be you. Yes, sir. But be comfortable in your own body. Be comfortable in your own skin. Be comfortable with your own voice. Be comfortable with how you walk. Okay, you walk like this here. Just be comfortable with that's your walk. That's your walk. Just be you. You don't have to have somebody else's walk. Do you know, I can remember being told like with Kenneth Hagin, you know when Kenneth Hagin had his Bible school and, and people went to the Bible school, that, you know, as he got older, he was more hunched over. And, you know, I, I, I um, heard ministers say, I sat at tables many times and ministers talk and, you know, uh, not talk, uh, gossip, but talk about different things. You get the privilege to listen to many things, but they talk things out. But one of the things I remember being said was that there was the Bible school students started to walk like this, some of them. <laughs> was his walk that was the way he walked he was getting older in age he was hunched over a wee bit but you know you, you, it's not the walk that makes you anointed just be you 
you're goofy, be the best goofy preacher or goofy businessman or goofy servant there ever was. I don't know. You know, people love you for you. When you're you, you're, you, you're the real you. People know when you're putting on a show. People know when you're trying to be like somebody else. Yeah. And people know when you're just yourself. And I know from preaching over the years, you see, the more I just relax and be me and just tell nice, stupid jokes. I remember at my wedding telling a joke. I started telling a joke and I forgot it halfway through. And I was laughing until it came back. And by the time the punchline came back, I went down like a lead balloon. But you know what? I always tell dopey jokes and stupid jokes. But that's me. You know, a um, friend of mine, David, he pastors down in, in Drogheda. And David will always say to me, I always remember the dopey joke you told, Paul, about um, what did um, one goldfish say to the other goldfish? Uh, um, they were in the tank, okay? And, uh, and the one said to the other, how do you drive this thing? Now, that was a, that's my joke. Two goldfish in a tank. And one said to the other, how do you drive this thing? That's as far as my jokes go. But you know what? I still tell them. And I don't know why I tell them. But it's just me. My kids make fun of me. Because of the things they say and stuff. Ah, oh, daddy. That is so stupid. But you know what? That's me. And I'm not going to stop being me. God help you, there's more jokes coming. <laughs> I'll maybe learn another one. But all I'm saying is that it's, it's your call. You cannot, you cannot change your call. But you can get on board with it. And be who God's called you to be. I want to, I want to show one scripture here and I'll, I'll close. All of these guys, I could look through them. Solomon, all of them. As you can tell, I've put up a load of scriptures there. But I didn't plan to get to them all. But I love this here. I need to finish this tonight. Look. And then Peter, um, turning about, saith the disciple whom Jesus loved. This was after Jesus was raised from the dead. He went and um, called the disciples to go to the next level, basically. Okay. And they had been out fishing again all night, caught nothing. And it's amazing Jesus had fish on the shore. Jesus always has provision. Amen. Even if you're catching nothing, he has provision. It's good to know he has more than what we have. Amen. Amen. But he's on the shore anyway with fish and give them fish as well. Um, but they get to the shore and Jesus talks to Peter. You know the story, you know, Peter, do you love me? Feed me sheep, feed me lambs. And then he said again, feed me sheep, which told message and that. But that was his call, okay? Look at this here. Peter turning about after Jesus called him. This is the way we are many times, okay? Peter turned about, saith the disciple whom Jesus loved, following him, which leaned on his breast at supper. This is John. And he said, Lord, um, look down here, verse 21. Peter said him, said, Lord, what will this man do? You know what, God, what have you got for John? He's more, you know, I find many times with us, we're more interested in what God's doing with somebody else. And sometimes we can get, church is an awful place for competition. It shouldn't be, but it, it can be an awful place for competition. And we're on the same team. Yeah. And we all have different calls and graces and different. You, let me tell you something else. You'll be rewarded for what you do based on what he called you to do, not based on what somebody else did. You don't have to be in competition with anybody else. Say so often, say, I'm not in competition. In this area, I'm not in competition with anybody. I rejoice when I see uh, ministers prosper and advance. I want to see, because you know why? Because the body of Christ advances. Okay? Um, but look what it says here. Jesus said unto him, 
If I will that, I, that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? In other words, what he says, do you know what? If John stays alive until I come back, Peter, that has absolutely nothing got to do with you. You know what he's saying? You do what I've called you to do. I love that. God has dealt with me in that scripture over the years because sometimes you do get focused and you look at all people and go, God, why are they doing that? Or God, why did you not do this through me? Or whatever. And then you get back to it, God, I need to do what you've called me to do. Amen. And not be concerned about what other people are doing. I just need to do what God has called me to do. And I'm telling you, God has called you, amen, for something specific. And you're the best person to do what God has called you to do. Amen.